I don't know if you've been reading up on Afghanistan of late, but the past few weeks have seen even more attacks on women's rights in that country by the Taliban regime. On May 7th, the government issued the so-called burqa edict, forcing all women to completely cover up in public. Um, And this week, they extended that edict to women on TV, such as newscasts, just to drive it home a little further. It is the latest in what has been really a relentless effort by the Taliban since they came back into power uh, last summer to scale back any freedoms enjoyed by women in the time before the fall of Kabul. And despite promises from the regime at the outset that this would not be a return to the Taliban of old, it wouldn't be the return to the Taliban of Mullah Omar and 9-11 and the late 90s, early 2000s, um, it appears for all eyes to see at least that women are quickly being forced back into the shadows, back into invisibility in Afghanistan. And that despite the fact, I mean, let's be honest, Canada fought over there. One of the reasons we were there, one of the reasons we talked about being there was to allow women and girls to be educated and to make sure they had futures. And these are the same women now, that generation, that are being shoved back into the shadows by the Taliban. Now, Canada's reacted with some harsh words uh, about all this, saying that we're deeply concerned about escalating restrictions on women uh, by the Taliban, including this burqa rule, uh, asking that human rights for women and girls be respected. But again, words that the Taliban aren't really ones for listening to uh, critiques from abroad. Uh, My next guest, though, says the women of Afghanistan and their daughters deserve more and that Canada isn't living up to its 2017 commitments laid out under the so-called feminist international assistance policy. Joining me now from Toronto is Zara Nader. She's an Afghan-Canadian journalist and contributing reporter to the Fuller Project. She's also a PhD student at York University. Zara, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me here, Ben. Um, I know we've seen a rapid deterioration, call it a full-on attack on women's rights in Afghanistan since the Taliban took over again. How would you describe what's happened, though, for those who haven't been paying close attention? So let me start maybe from August. Um, I'm living in Toronto, so I was watching closely everything uh, as it was uh, unfolding in Afghanistan. And actually, there was a lot of hope and people would like to call them Taliban 02 because they felt that this Taliban is changed and when they were in Qatar for the peace talk and they continued to say that we do respect women's rights and that we will allow women to get education, to return to work. But unfortunately, what happened, what um, I'm personally like reporting on is that that claims was never true. And that was something that Afghan women from the very beginning was saying that please don't trust the Taliban and what they are not truthful to what they, they say, to what they claim and let them, uh, you know, just make sure there's guarantee for what they are saying, for what they're claiming. But uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, so everything happened very fast. In their second week in power, uh, the Taliban ordered all women in Afghanistan to almost all women to um, not come to work, stay at home because our fighters are not trained to respect you. And that was that was the excuse. Um, it was very interesting to just say, oh, you know, we are not ready to respect you, so you have to stay at home. And gradually. Uh, in September, they announced that all boys can return to school, but uh, not girls uh, from grade 6 to 12. So from uh, primary school is allowed for girls, but not from grade one, uh, grade 6 to 12 are not allowed. They have to uh, remain at home until we prepare a sort of framework. Again, um, this 
was the claim initially the first time they took power in Afghanistan in 1996. Uh, they said the same thing that, you know, we allow women to work in education, but, you know, we need a framework. We need the, the, the you know, we need to create a condition for it. Right. But we know that that never happened. And, and it's been repeated again. And if you allow me, I can go on to say that in December, they they literally ban all women from traveling um, from traveling even inside the country and outside the country without having a male chaperone. Mm-hmm. And that is in a country that has one of the highest number of widow women, the, the women who do not have a male chaperone immediately to accompany them outside the home. And I personally reported that how this decrease and how these orders are preventing women even from getting health care. And, and then recently, of course, we've seen others. Uh, the, there's a new burqa rule, a covering rule that's come in. It's really felt like the Taliban have gone about once again trying to to make women in Afghanistan disappear from both the economy and, and society at large. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, that decree just was announced on May 7. And they said all women have to cover their face. And it would be it would be good for them. It's the best sign of observing their rule is to stay at home. And um, one of the very very cynical twists to this decree was that women themselves will not be punished, but their male chaperone or their male uh, mahram or guardian will be the one that punished. So basically, it stripped women of the very. Uh, autonomy to even resist this order to just say that to push back and say we are not going to accept this so basically they said okay from now on if you're not going to observe our dress code which is a face covering and they said the best form would be burqa and if you're not covering your face your male chevron or your male guardian will be punished basically they're making um, and we have the highest rate of uh, domestic violence in afghanistan and the statistics shows that from 10 women, nine of them experienced one form of uh, domestic violence. And this decree definitely going to systematically um, make that domestic violence a systematic violence for women in Afghanistan. Just the impact on the country itself, because we know from the many, many years of violence, obviously, as you mentioned, a huge number of widows, they're the heads of their families. We're in the middle of a humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan. What is the impact to the country when you remove women from every facet of the economy and their ability to make a living. Unfortunately, you know, the numbers that they're saying, um, well, it's the statistic provided by uh, human rights, sorry, by human rights watch by the uh, UN and different organizations. They're saying that 98% of uh, people in Afghanistan can't afford to eat and uh, to eat. And uh, ha- more than half of the population are starving and a huge number, more than half of that number is actually women and girls in Afghanistan. And women are in Afghanistan, women and girls are bearing the brunt of this uh, economic crisis more than anybody else. For example, when the family are pushed into starvation, this is the, the daughter. They need to force their daughter into marriage and er- at early age. And they have to take measures. And this is the, you know, women are facing the, the most horrible of 
what is happening from this economic, from the pressure that the Taliban are pushing and uh, implementing on women's bodies, women's life every single day. I forgot to mention that very today, as we speak, mm-hmm. the Taliban announced a new decree. It sends a statement to all the media, the television channels, asking them that their female you know, anchors must cover their faces when they're on screen. Um, and it is also interesting to say that they really compared with COVID and said, you know, during the COVID, people were asked to wear a mask. So we are doing the same thing to women in Afghanistan and they must cover their face. And so, initially yeah. they asked them to wear black. So the, the their hijab is either to have a burqa or a black niqab that totally cover you, that make you invisible in this country, that even if you go out, Nobody really knows who you are, who you have been, what is your social position, who. So basically, this woman and I'm like, I'm talking to them every day and I really feel what they, you know, some of them, they tell me, you know, I have worked so hard to take the position I am to be a leader, to work in this country, to contribute to my society. But now I'm being told that I have to stay home, that I can't continue working because I am a woman. And that is, and, and there's no hope for me. He said, if, how can I encourage my daughter to go to university when there's nothing after university, when you know you can work, you can participate in society and live as a social, you know, as a social being. I'm speaking with Zara Nader. She's an Afghan-Canadian journalist uh, and contributing reporter to the Fuller Project. We're talking about uh, the fact that a Taliban 2.0, as some may have hoped back last year in August, has not happened when it comes to women's rights. In fact, if anything, we've seen a full-on attack on uh, on the ability of women to take part in Afghan society since the Taliban uh, resumed power. After this, we'll talk a bit more about what can be done. What should Canada be doing uh, to try and at least uh, put pressure on the Taliban to change course? That's next. I'm speaking with Zara Nader. She's an Afghan-Canadian journalist based uh, in Toronto, contributing reporter to the Fuller Project and a PhD student at York University. We've been talking about the full-on attack uh, on women's rights in Afghanistan since uh, the Taliban took took back power uh, last year, including recently a full-on burqa ban, but many other things that are far more detrimental as well uh, to simply clothing in terms of their ability to work, to make a living, to feed families, freedom. Uh, Zara, one of the things that always strikes me is that for 20 years or not, you know, not, not always, but women had an ability to take part in Afghan society, you know, not under the Taliban. How, how has the Taliban tried to, why would they try to put, so put those freedoms back in a bottle, so to speak? So the Taliban are very an ideological uh, group and they are fundamentally very um, extreme in their interpretation of Islam. And so what they are trying to do, trying to show that they are bringing a pure Islam and the way they are doing is they want to kind of erase all women from society and show that this is how we are interpreting. And they are imposing that on the um, estimated 40 million people in Afghanistan, which half of that would be like 20 million women. You know, when I was in Afghanistan, we spent so much time talking about women's education, about, uh, you know, how NATO forces there were trying to open up spaces in places like Kandahar so that girls could study. I went to girls' schools where, obviously, you know, people there were just excited to learn. Um, what should Canada be doing now? What should countries like Canada be doing now to try to put more pressure on the Taliban to, re- to change course? 
Thank you for this question because it's very, very important. Canada, um, as a country that claimed to have a feminist Korean policy, not only have responsibility for having for having this feminist Korean policy, but because Canada has been involved in Afghanistan since 2001, and they came with this claim that what they told to the public in Canada was that we are doing this for women's rights. We are helping women in Afghanistan. We are lifting up. We are emancipating them. We are empowering them in Afghanistan. And suddenly, we are just seeing that all those years, just women are back in 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 what they have been. You know, they are cut from education. They can't go to school. They can't go to work, and they're being ordered to wear a burqa, cover their faces when they are in public, and remain at home. And so, my question would be, why Canada is silent? Why Canada is not saying much except expressing concern? which is like many countries that's doing that. But, but what I'm talking to women when I'm just telling them, you know, I'm asking them, how do you feel? And they're saying, you know, all these countries, uh, they're saying we are concerned, but the point is that your concern is not really doing anything. It's not um, making the Taliban change their mind or reverse the policies, the misogynistic policies that they are implementing day by day, making it, inten- making it you know, more in- intense in the nature and the way that they're implementing it and uh, just expressing concern is not really, really helping us. And I think what Canada can do right now is to take a lead as a country that has a feminist foreign policy, let come and define that what this feminist foreign policy mean when it came to women's rights. And we have seen that I think no other countries uh, might have been at this position that we are seeing at the crisis, at women's rights crisis right now in Afghanistan. We are not seeing it in any other places in the world. We are not. So Afghanistan is the only country that banned women from education. And we are not seeing it anywhere else. And what Canada is doing to really show that it is it has a feminist foreign policy. One of the days, <laughs> right? I was going to say, how do you put pressure on a regime like the Taliban that seems so impervious or seems so willing to ignore what anyone else has to say about how they do things? I think, as far as the Taliban need international recognition, need the financial support, there's always a leverage to make them, you know, at least reverse some of these policies. Uh, but, but the way I see it is that it is putting a priority, you know, making Afghan women a priority for a country that has a feminist foreign policy. And the way that they can do is it pressure it not only through expressing concern, but also through diplomatic channel. Even though I'm not a diplomat, but I can see that there is obvious ways that Canada can put pressure. Canada p- could put sanction on the Taliban leaders and ask them that they would not be, you know, allowed to travel outside Afghanistan and make sure to kind of pressure on the countries that are legitimizing the Taliban, that are negotiating on behalf of the Taliban to make sure that as long as the Taliban are not willing to accommodate to, um, the, the rights of women, the rights of girls in Afghanistan, we are not willing to take any step toward recognizing them, toward giving them support, or toward um, you know, having them to travel um, outside the country. This is one way Canada can do. And one of the other ways, which is very important, is to help and support 
uh, women of Afghanistan by putting them at uh, the priority list of entering to Canada as a refugee, because we know that women in Afghanistan, they can't work. And the women who were visible, who were part of the society, who were leading um, uh, the society toward the more egalitarian society is now themselves at risk. They are either in the country at hiding or somewhere um, outside the country living in limbo and trying to find a way to, to continue their life uh, somewhere which is safer for them. Zara, I only have about a minute left. Um, but are you optimistic that this is going to get any get any better before? Is it going to get worse before it gets better? Do you think? I am with the Taliban in power. I have no hope. I have zero hope uh, that the Taliban might change. But I have hope that if the countries like Canada and like-minded other countries that have foreign policy, like Sweden, like Germany, and like Mexico, if they come together and find a collective way to pressure the Taliban, I'm sure that would help, and find other ways to support women and women organization in the country who are resisting, who are trying to push back, and to just find a way to live as a human being, and they are fighting for their rights. Zara Nader, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Ben.